Hello and welcome back to another episode of I Got You, the podcast where we give advice to our listeners and share whatever is on our weird ass minds while doing so. I'm Nathan. And I'm Dorinis. What's up, Dorinis? I think people forgot about us. Um, well. Do you remember? Oh. The 21st night of Oh, that's what you were singing. September. I thought you were singing, do you remember the time? Oh, yeah, we could have done that, too. Mm. Remember. There's so many remembers. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. That was a remember medley for the There you go. Um, So remember us, please. Um, We're Nathan and Doranis, and we're I Got You, and um, we're back. We are. that's all that matters, right? I mean, I'm we. I can talk about the hiatus later. Okay, fine, yeah, for sure. Well, how are you, my love? I am doing well. I'll, I guess I'll talk about the hiatus <laughs> now. I'm doing well. Yeah. Um, since our last recording, a bitch went to Egypt. Mm-hmm. You sure Imagínate. did. Imagínate, Imagínate. Um, yeah, a bitch went to <laughs> Egypt. Uh, I remember telling y'all that my mom was out there or that she was going to go out there. So I ended up spending uh, the holidays out there. Christmas, my birthday, New Year's. A bitch was traveling. She was global. You know. It was was great. Uh, But over this past season, I think the winter really hit me hard. And just a a bunch of other shit that I was going through. So my mental health was definitely in a dippity-doo-dah place. Mm -hmm. Dippity-doo-dah. The dips. Um, I'm doing so much better. Thank, thankful for the people I have in my life that support me, and also the professional support I have. So my therapist, my psychiatrist, just you know, multiple folks that are there to to help me understand and make sense of of what it means to um to have mental health struggles yes. and kind of go from there. So yeah, that's what I've been up to. Other than that, a bitch has had car trouble. So right now we are carpooling with Bobby, which honestly I thought was going to be super crazy. It has been beautiful. Yeah. We laugh. Yeah. It's so great. That's awesome. We laugh. We joke about all kinds of stuff. It's been wonderful. What do you do um, in the car? Like, is there some, really what I'm asking is what do you listen to? What do we car? listen to? Yeah. Well, it depends. Cause we usually call Martita, who's like my second oh, okay. mom. And yeah. so then we talk to her. Love it. And so then the radio is kind of like on low, mostly okay. because Popey is watching YouTube videos about Te de jengibre con como hacer masa de almendra. Like that's what Popey's listening to. <laughs> And like she never like lowers the volume. It's always like fucking loud. So it's you like, have YouTube videos and phone calls. Going oh yeah, on. she's doing the same shit at the same time. And I'm, I'll turn around. Like the other day, I was having a call with a call with like with a colleague, not even a colleague, someone who's like, I don't know. We like we asked them to come in to do like an, a study on a student or something. Okay. So I'm like, this is someone I don't see every day, and I'm like, mm-hmm. hello. Like I had my white girl voice on. Like, hello, yes, Karen, yes. <laughs> Of course, I've also observed that, and she was literally watching like God knows what. Oh, en las noticias, vimos que los cuervos en Chile. It's been so intense. Uh, so yeah, that's that's. There's just a lot of noises in that car, but gotcha, you gotcha. know, learning to love it. Yeah, that's what's up. Yeah, that sounds like fun it's been fun honestly we've just been making sense of like what it means to have these car troubles and Mm -hmm. and just i'm just so privileged to be able to have her in my life Mm -hmm. and i'm glad that she's back and 
I don't know. I've, you know, thank, thankfully I'm on the up and up, um, mm. which is also my favorite Target brand, just letting y'all know. Up and up? The up and up. <laughs> um, but yeah, I've just been, I've, I've been feeling a lot better. And so a few weeks ago, I sent Nathan a text message like, hey, shh, shh, psst, psst, psst. you ready? Because I'm ready to come back. Because now she gave I feel me that like, such yeah, when, when you're ready to talk to a girl hey, real quick. Hey, <laughs> hey, hey, yes that's cool yeah. it's funny because like you know rod and i are like a a one car family or whatever yes, yes. um but i also i think i've talked about it on the podcast too like i look forward to our commuting like it is a really cool time because yeah you're forced to like interact like you're exactly. in this little box and you gotta do something for an hour or however yeah. long you can do so my mom and I actually bonded about that. We we talked about how everyone in my like closest friend group is a one car family. Yeah. So like that my duck now only have one car. Yes. You and Nathan and I was like, Yeah, and Janet and my mom goes, What? And I was like, Of course, Janet and Kiko, same <laughs> car. Like Kiko has tried, but Janet just jumps in, you know? If you don't know, Kiko is a dog. Kiko <laughs> is a wonderful dog. Follow yes. him at Kiko the Chug. Kiko the Chug. We love yeah. him. That's awesome. How are you, Amor? Um, I'm good, dude. Like it's been it's been crazy, but it's been good. Um, uh, since we last recorded, I found out that I'm gonna have a new little niece or nephew yes. soon, and so I'm really excited about that. Yes, Theo. Yes, I'm Theo again, and I'm so You're excited. Such a good Theo. Yeah, <laughs> I hope so. I've I've never been a Theo before, um, before my first nephew. So I was yeah. like, I don't really know how to do this. Um, but it is really cool, and it's um it's something that like like I'm we're so obsessed with Jeremiah, our nephew, and so I just I'm so looking forward to just squeezing my new little niece, our nephew. Oh like, my I'm god, just, Jeremiah is so squeezable. Yes, he with is. Consent. With um, consent, he's beautiful. He yeah. also is a little sick right now. Bendito, little he has baby. like asthma, so sometimes like. My sister will post, like, things of him with, like, his little breathing mask on. And it's so yeah. sad. He's three and shouldn't be able... He should be able to breathe, however. Meaning. So, fuck But asthma. I remember that as my life. Mm-hmm. Still him. live it. <laughs> um, so that was going on. Um, our anniversary was in yes. January. So it's been two years since what, we got married. What is two years? You know how, like, one year is, like, paper? Oh, like, yeah, is this, I don't like, know. I, I don't know. I'll find out and we'll make some shit. <laughs> I think the first year is paper, but I don't know what the second year was. Okay. I should I'll, probably I'll find know out. that, huh? Why should you know that? Is because it, aren't that you like... supposed to give gifts with that I know, Mio. There's some whatever. shit white people be inventing. It's probably like It's cotton. Imaginate. This is what tells you that white cotton. people be inventing this shit. What Traditionally, the him? second anniversary gift is cotton. Tu le vas a dar uno fruto de loom. Fruto de loom. Fruto de loom. And just get him a little tanga like, <laughs> here you go. Happy anniversary. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, but yeah, yes, that was cool. Too. You know, it was super like nerdy. <laughs> what? We like we did this like staycation for our anniversary. It was really that fun. So and my ass brought worksheets. <laughs> worksheets, bitch. <laughs> I brought worksheets for us to do. Just a reminder that Nathan is a Virgo. Yeah. Like, I did. I had, wow. I had a folder full of worksheets. And I was like, and this one mastery is mastery scale. Yeah. It was really fun though. It was actually really cool. Like it, it they were they were 
anniversary worksheets and so oh, nice. it's supposed to be like for you to reflect on the past year um and to think about like goals that you have as a couple and mm-hmm. stuff like that and i don't know it was just like fun for us to do but um it, you know got kind of deep and it was that's a really good so conversation nice. it was awesome so i love that so it wasn't busy worksheets no there you go it was get busy worksheets. Some... Ooh, mm-hmm. bitch mm-hmm. bitch <laughs> Yes, can't wait to ask Rod about that. Yeah. <laughs> um, what else? The worksheet I thought in plena nalga. Just, <laughs> just fold it in there. Just somewhere. fold it in there. Um, oh, I have been trying to like get a little bit healthier and stuff. Okay. Um, I don't know. It's been you? interesting. I know, right? What mm-hmm. the fuck does that mean? Um, for me right now, um, I got some hand-me-downs from a, a family member, mm-hmm. and it was because they lost, like, a ton of weight, and mm-hmm. were like, who can wear my old clothes? Yeah. Um, and they thought of me, and I was like, oh, okay. Um, like, that's cool. Like, I'm glad mm-hmm. I got some new clothes, but then it also made me feel some type of way about it, too, mm-hmm. um, as, like, the f- person that they thought of. Um, and so I was like, okay. But, um, you know, I've done things like Whole30 and whatever in the past, Um and it's worked for sure but it was mm-hmm. always like lose weight quick type right, of things right. and i don't know i just i felt like i didn't want to do it that way again and so um it's been less about losing weight and more about mm-hmm. like being healthy and feeling good mm-hmm. and, and that type of thing which has felt really good um it's different it's like a different way to think about like my health overall because it's not necessarily about the weight um so i'm not doing like a crash diet or anything like that mm-hmm. um i'm doing like counting calories type of thing and mm-hmm. i'm doing like a little um like just i don't know just little things here and there to be able to say like i got my heart rate up and whatever so it's cool to not have like rigidity in that like mm-hmm. i can still we just had fucking pizza right now mm-hmm. and whatever and it was still within my like calorie limit for the day but it was also mm-hmm. um something that i didn't have to feel guilty about you know um mm-hmm. and so like it's been it's been feeling really good it's interesting though because when you're on those crash diets like you lose weight pretty quickly and so mm-hmm. i'm having to like come to terms with you know a pound or two a week <laughs> type of thing as opposed mm-hmm. to like the six or seven or eight that would come off like quickly on the other thing mm-hmm. so i don't know it's like weird brain things that i have to get used to but um there's not like a thing that i'm trying to lose weight for or anything like it mm-hmm. feels really good to be just doing it because i want to right and not mm-hmm. because like somebody told me i had to or because i wanted to look good for this thing or whatever mm-hmm. um because I do, I feel like I look good. Like, I don't, it's not mm-hmm. about that, you know? Mm-hmm. So, I don't know. Um, it's been a different thing for me, but one that I'm liking yeah. so far. And I have, like, an a, a accountability buddy. Is that what they call him? Yeah. Or whatever. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's an old friend of mine who has been, like, on this journey for a minute and is really, like, teaching me about mm-hmm. it. And is super, like, mm, today maybe you slipped up and that's fine. Like, it, there's mm-hmm. no pressure. And so it's been really good. Like, I've been mm. feeling good about it. So, so far, so good on that. I'll keep y'all updated. We'll see how this goes. <laughs> Oh yeah <laughs> but friend i mean it also seems like it did kind of start from a place of like feeling some kind of way about how someone else perceived your body yeah what do you think about that yeah no i i definitely think that i was not happy with how i was perceiving my body and mm. that like was icing on the cake for me and so i was Got like it. okay i want to do something but i don't want to do the same something that i've done before mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. what i've done before has not worked long term and right. so i'm tired of these things where like i lose all this weight and feel really good and whatever and i don't even just mean like feel really good with how i look but like physically feel mm-hmm. good like my stomach mm-hmm. doesn't bother me i have like 
really bad digestive issues mm-hmm, and I always mm-hmm. have it's hereditary thanks Poppy mm-hmm. um, <laughs> and so um, yeah like physically yeah. feel better um, and then that goes away in an instant when I have a piece of bread or something you know what I mean and it, it's because yeah. my body is just like going through these really rigid regimens and I just don't mm-hmm. want to do that anymore mm-hmm. I want to do mm-hmm. something that's sustainable and that right, I can right. do long term um, and so that's I think where where the difference is for me that it's not about right. like the getting skinny or whatever because mm-hmm. I don't to be honest I don't want to be like skinny or whatever um, but mm-hmm. I think there is something there about like mm-hmm. my body looking different than what it does to you so mm. I don't know there's probably a lot of unpacking to do <laughs> yes I was about to say that because I think for me friend I think um um it's it's hard for me as a friend and so it's it's hard for me for a few different reasons one because um, I, because as a fat person, I feel like whenever, um, other folks are thinking about things like dieting or calorie counting or any type of like, um, like restrictions in their body, whether it's like a light restriction or, or any restriction of, of a sort, I do kind of start thinking about like, well, how is my body perceived as a fat person who is not interested in restrictions of any sort or not interested in, um like buying into anything that has to do with diet culture it's hard and so Mm -hmm. i'll tell you like i i like stand with you because it's ultimately it's about your it's about your body and Mm -hmm. it's about your choice and about something that like you're deciding to do this for yourself in a way that makes sense only for you uh but i will be honest with you friend like i think for me in the in the way that i've been unpacking these things it's hard it's hard to witness because it's like one of those things of like i i don't empathize or like i don't mostly because I don't subscribe or like Mm -hmm. I'm trying so fucking hard not to subscribe, you know? Um, But yeah, again, it's like, it's just viewing it of like how as friends we can walk side by side and be able to understand that we're in different places with our journey Mm -hmm. of like our relationship with our body and because our bodies are different and, and our socialization is different, like that feeds into it. It's almost just like a whole nother a whole nother mix of frijolito, mm-hmm. you know? Um, <laughs> so, yeah, but I just wanted to share that with you of, like, I stand with you, friend. I just know that it's, that I know for me it's it's different, but it doesn't change the fact that I that I love you yeah. and I, and I believe in your body that. autonomy. I think it's good for, like, listeners and me and everybody yeah. to, to hear, like, it is a really personal journey, you know? Mm-hmm, like, and, and mm-hmm. that's why, like, I, I feel like I would never tell someone, like, you should be counting calories like just because that's right, working for right. me or right now that's something that i'm doing like i i do think that like any kind of health and wellness journey whether that's something that's about losing weight or something that's about getting your mental health right or something mm. like any kind of of journey that has to do with your well-being um mm-hmm. is a really personal thing and mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. but it is cool to to be like in different places in that um and to still be like go friend like yeah, do like, the, do, the do, thing do you know right it's cool, yeah for sure for sure. I have a question for you. Give me the question. <laughs> um, diverting from, from our discussion here. Um, if you were a drink, what drink would you be? Hmm. <laughs> Are you thinking uh, like non-alcoholic or alcoholic or just like some general? Because the bitch is definitely not a yes, green juice. is my answer. Yes. <laughs> I'm going to go with alcoholic just because I feel like that yes. tells you a little bit about what people mix, you know? For sure. Um, if 
I don't know if this is common, in, I'm sure, in like other bars, but the rum coco. Is it called something else? The one from Kanya? Yeah, the one from Kanya. The, the I just asked for a coco. coco the coco, right? Man. Yeah, that's all I asked for. <laughs> and I have a coco and it's $5 at happy yes, hour. Whatever, and I'm like, so good. after one coco, I'm like, me duele el coco. <laughs> um, which coco to Asmin's head, not um, oh, really? other things. Oh, so. I needed to clarify because I know what Coco means in multiple places. <laughs> That's funny. What is the the Coco though? Um, like what's in it? Yeah, like what is when you say it's that? It's just um. What is it, friend? I was actually gonna ask you. Okay. Because I feel like when I look in there, all I see is ice, rum. I know that they use like flor de caña, which is obviously my favorite. Mm-hmm. Flor de caña, the rum of my people. Is there um, a jingle for flor de caña? No, there. It, I don't think there is. I, I just thought you were about to sing one, and I got no, really no, no. Excited. I no, I like, dude. Bitch, I'm not in a good place right now. But like I. <laughs> There's a jingle for the Nicaraguan beer, Toña. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. Like, como mi Toña, mi guna. So I feel like I, like, associate it. It's, yeah. it's, um, estoy en otro mundo right now. But, That's awesome. um, yeah. So I, I want to say it's literally just ice, Coke, <laughs> I mean, ice, rum. And that coconut what, water. And coconut water, right? Yeah, like, just it. whatever coconut water was in the cocoa yeah, when they opened it. Yeah, I think it. they literally take one of those coconuts. They might throw a few little, like, sugar cubes or something in there because it's not, like, bitter. Yeah, you know? it does taste sweet. Yeah. But I don't know. Those fresh coconuts, like, Fuck. are sweet. So it might just be, excuse me, it might just and be it's, that. And it's economical. Like, mm-hmm. I have two. And it's in its own container. It's a, exactly. <laughs> and you walk around a bitch looks tropical. Yes. You can also eat the flesh inside of it, you know. So is that why you would be the <laughs> 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 I don't know. You're making associations. Uh, here. I'm just trying to understand. I know. Tell I me. didn't know how else to call like <laughs> it's the, the flesh. It's the coconut flesh. Yeah, but why is it called you... something else? No, it's not. You're right. I'm just oh saying. Oh my god! I know. Be... I heard it once. I said flesh. I was like, this bitch <laughs> is really you gonna know, take it there. Immature me. But that's me. That's me. You know why? Because um, I might be short and stout. But I pack a good punch. Yes. And a bitch is fucking not economical. A bitch is not cheap. Believe me, a bitch is fucking bougie. But um, you know, like I'm effective. Mm-hmm. So Absolutely. You know, it's just yeah. Yeah. Anyway, con mi tiempo. <laughs> con mi vida. What about you, corazón? I think that I would be coquito. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> yes, ASMR. Oh. Um, yeah, I think I would be coquito. Yes. If I were a drink, I'd be coquito. Did you um, make a lot of coquito this holiday season? I didn't this holiday season. I don't really know why. It just didn't happen. But I have in the past. Um, mm. Last year, I was selling that shit. I remember. I had a little sign hustle co- going. You were slanging coquito. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I just feel like coquito is one of those drinks that you look forward to having because you don't have yeah. it all the time. Um, and so people like... I don't know, just really like light up when they think about having it because it's like, oh, it's a treat, you know? It's not yeah. one of those things that's around always. Mm. Um, very like holiday, whatever. Um, but I also think that Coquito is underestimated in its power. Mm. What do you mean? It's It packs a punch. Like, yeah. at least when I make it, you yeah. like you have one or two glasses y ya tato. Like, <laughs> For real? Yes. Shit. My Coquito is strong, but because it's so sweet... People you don't, don't know. Taste. Yes. So you see where ass. I'm making the yeah. associations? Yeah. If I were, 
a drink, That's I'd be totally coquito. That's totally true. That's totally true. <laughs> Very sweet, but often underestimated. I know this is a deviation, but can't tell you a story about um, me and Coquito. I would love okay. to hear Coquito's story. Yes, please. So I hadn't had Coquito um, a ton, but when I was in college, I was a Spanish major. And one of our assignments for I don't know what class was to do the kind of like a like a research project on a Latin American country. And so I mean, we tocó Puerto Rico. And so it was like encouraged that we like either bring like a dish or like something that represents something. <laughs> and at the moment, my cousin Yure, who I think you might know, she's fucking amazing and hilarious. She was dating a Puerto Rican person. She was dating a Puerto Rican man. And so I was like, Yure, can you please make me something Puerto Rican? It's just like, yeah, don't trip, okay? <laughs> so my cousin Yudit, mind you, we went to a, co- a Christian university. Mm-hmm. My cousin Yudit showed up to like my 1120 class with a big ass bottle of really fucking strong no ass coquito. Way. And I thought I had told her like, hey, can't have like liquor or whatever. I don't know what, I don't know if I told her. The thing is I took it into class. She like dropped it off literally two minutes before I had to walk into class. So I ran in her car, picked it up, ran into the class. And there's like 10 of us in the class. And I'm like mm. giving the presentation. I was like, and I brought coquito for everyone. Mm. And the professor who knows what it is, mind you, the rest of the people were like white people and like two <laughs> semi-white people. Um, and they were like, oh, let's try this milky drink. <laughs> and so they're over here. And my professor is pissed. Like, I really think I failed that assignment, if oh, I'm not shit. mistaken, because I took alcohol because to the class. Like- <laughs> <laughs> that just had everyone. There was this white guy in the back. This is so delicious. <laughs> this is so delicious. Everybody walked out leaning. Everyone a walked out being like, fuck yeah, Puerto Rico. <laughs> That's what people had to say about yes. that. So shout out to Yude, who then I called afterwards and I was That's like, so Yude, you put liquor in the coquito. She's like, what the fuck is coquito without right. rum? It's just coco. And I'm like, point. you are totally right. I was like, my fucking bad. Then Damn. I just laughed for forever. So anyway, Dorenis brought rum to show and tell, y'all. To show and tell at a super Christian conservative ass university. And it was just like, here's the so representation much. of this culture. <laughs> This bitch. Oh my goodness, that is hilarious. Yeah, anyway. Good. Well, I'm glad we're both coconut-based drinks. Exactly. Yes. <laughs> Shout yes. out to all the cocos Look at us. All the well, cocos. Okay, yeah. <laughs> so we're going to go ahead and take a quick break, and we're going to come back with our dream sponsors. But first, a little slurp. <laughs> Stay tuned. <laughs> The coconut nut is a giant nut If you eat too much you get very fat Now the coconut nut is a big big nut But this delicious nut is not a nut It's the coconut It's not a nut y'all Speaking of things that are not nuts we're back, um, <laughs> and we are back with our dream sponsors. Are, what are dream sponsors? Um, bitch, we took off the text that said what the dream sponsors are. You deleted it. I deleted it. Mm-hmm. Okay. Dream sponsor. I'm just gonna this top of off, the dome. Off, top of the head. The dome. <laughs> top of the coco. Top. 
Our dream sponsors are either people, places, things that we would like to sponsor us. Some of them are things that like legitimately could sponsor us. Like mm-hmm. if we were to say something like North Face, <laughs> Truly, um, Tito's homemade vodka, mm-hmm. handmade vodka. She's Those are you know what I mean. Around my apartment, I'm literally right just now. looking around and so. I'm just like. Celia Cruz and wine. I hope that tells you um, things about Exactly. <laughs> a portrait of a tamal. Um, anyway, those things could like maybe genuinely sponsor us, but then there might be other things that are just like things that make us mad or, you know, shit like yeah, that. Yeah, for sure. <sighs> um, our first dream sponsor. Go for it. So this product literally changed my life. Bitch. For real. So, Use um, code Nathan Olmeda Lopez right. and you will get... For 10% off a uh, nothing, huh? Because we don't got that kind of sponsorships. Exactly. But, like, if you know someone, let us know. Um, prescription sunglasses. Mm. I think we should be sponsored by prescription sunglasses because they are legit life-changing. I've been wearing glasses. So, my first pair of glasses I got when I was seven years old. Bitch, you were a baby. I was so little, and I was so self-conscious about them. Um, I was in second grade, and I only had to wear them to read at the time. And mm. then, I believe it was around fourth Did grade. Did you have them in a little pouch? Yeah, I had them in a little pouch. They didn't even have cases at that time. It was just like it's little just leather little pouches that did nothing to, nothing. to protect your glasses. They would, um, they noticed because my eyeballs would be like on my worksheets like when i was doing worksheets like i would be so close to the paper it was ridiculous and my teacher was like i think you might like need some glasses need some glass. um and then a couple years later they were like no baby you need to wear them always and i was oh, like okay great um so i have really bad eyesight and i've never been able to wear sunglasses like just never mm. um because, like, I can't see with yeah. them. Um, but recently, I was finally able to get my first pair of prescription Bitch, sunglasses. Yes. And Look at you. I, I just feel like I made it. I, you did, in my book, you have made it. Yes. And so, like, I'm driving to work in the morning. And I'm like, let me put you these bad boys on. Yes. And they're in a case, not a pouch. They anymore. are in a case. Listen. It's hard as fuck. And nothing. Look it is impenetrable. Yes. Look at God. Yes, it is, wow. it's pretty great. Um, so it is nice to have my eyes shielded from the sun and um, able to see at the same time. Fuck and I know yeah. that doesn't sound like a lot, but bitch, trust it me. It is. Honestly, <laughs> I'm the only person that doesn't wear glasses in my in my like family. Really? So like my mom, my brother's been wearing them since he was like, I don't know, little tiny baby. Literally all his pictures are him with glasses. <laughs> um, and so being raised with both of them, it's like they always needed to have prescription sunglasses. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was always such a pain in the ass when they, whenever they lost their glasses, broke their glasses, it was like this big fucking family deal. And yeah. I always be like, what's wrong? It's just a little piece of plastic. Mm. And they're like, you don't understand, yeah. bitch. It's we don't crazy. see. So yep. anyway. So shout out to Prescription Sunglasses sponsor. Yes. Yeah, bye. Most definitely. Any type of prescription glasses, right? For sure. Do you, do you have, like, a preferred... Like, do you have Ray-Bans? Warby, I do have Ray-Bans. Actually, I think Warby's. the ones I have on are Ray-Bans. Those are cute as fuck. Yes, they are Ray-Bans. I've become partial to, like, the clear frames. I really like those. Dude, that clear frame is really working with Thanks. you. Thanks. Um, I do like Ray-Bans. And I really like Warby Parker. Uh, but we should totally be sponsored by Warby Parker. <laughs> the little... White Boy Parker. Yeah. I do like Warby Parker. I don't think that I would like them if they didn't have a storefront nearby, though. Like, they have oh. one in 
um, in downtown LA, and mm-hmm. so like I'm mm-hmm. actually able to go in and try the things on. Yeah, they're, they're known for like the mail-in things, so like they mail you five pairs right. and you try them on and then tell them which mm-hmm. one you want or whatever. Um, but I, I don't know. I probably wouldn't like it if it was that because I'm lazy. I but... get you. <laughs> I get you. Yeah. Um, but walking in, it was great. So nice. Yeah. Can I ask you a question about glasses? I would love because I feel like a bitch is starting to not see. I'm, oh, so, really? I'm starting one like this in PD. <laughs> just a little <laughs> trying to look at the slides like, huh? <laughs> um anyway so when i got a big ass head and face like are there special glasses for me they or do, do i have, have to like, get sizes. like ugly ones yeah they have like i have i get like the wide um yeah i think they're I don't know. They have different names for them, but there's like wide and extra wide like glasses so that they can fit around. But are they still nice? Because as yeah. a person who's been shopping in the wide width shoes and the husky <laughs> clothes, it's always the ugly shit. Yeah, Is this no. still cute? Yeah, they're absolutely okay, still cute. I'm um, and I, I'm yeah, I have them. All. I think these are probably actually um, part of the, the the wide collection. Gordito glasses. They, yeah, they're bomb. So nice. Yes, I like those. Who else should be our, our sponsor? All right. <laughs> so a few nights ago, I had Peruvian food, mm-hmm. and I just remembered how much I love Huancaina sauce. You ever had Huancaina? I don't know. I've had a lot of Peruvian it's like sauces, the yellow, but I never know the It's names. like it's made. I don't know. I know it has ají in it but it's yellowish and they put it on papa jala huancaina yes i think i have had that it's kind of yes. like it's really creamy, creamy. right like, mm-hmm. yes mm-hmm. i've had that at the restaurants but i never knew the name what's it called huancaina every time i've had That's this sexy. sauce i literally just sit there have a little bit in my mouth and i'm like this is from god yes god themselves made this mm-hmm. shit right here Absolutely. um i could put it on rice i can put it on potatoes I could probably put it on my nose and just lick that shit off. I don't care. I would love to see just, like, just It's just so delicious. And different places make it differently. Different people make it differently. And I have always loved all of them. I'm just like, I fuck with this. Huancaina yes. sauce all day. Want to swim in it. Yes. Never met a Huancaina you didn't like? Never met a Huancaina I didn't like. It. But I'm sure, I mean, I got Peruvian friends who tell me like, oh, this person's Huancaina tastes like Huacalaina. Oh. I'm like, oh, yeah. I was like, I don't know, this is tastes yummy to me. I love that. Yeah, yeah. that sauce is wrecking bomb. So mm-hmm. if you make that sauce and want to sponsor us, you mm-hmm. let us know. <laughs> yes. Who's our next sponsor, friend? <laughs> this next sponsor. It's a long description. <laughs> we just want them to call in and tell us their story. <laughs> okay, so as y'all know, Dorenice and I are partial to a little place we like to call heaven slash Soup, soup plantation. plantation. Yes. Okay. We we love some soup plantation. I really Actually, I think it. you took me to soup plantation for my first time. Exactly. I had never yeah. been there before you. We were there for a few hours. Right? Yeah, and it was delicious. That's actually and where we dreamed up this podcast. Yes, yeah. that's so true. We so and did. so I'm pretty sure the butter from soup plantation has been a dream sponsor. Mm-hmm. Like, it's, yeah, it's a lot. But last time we went to soup plantation, I just need to tell you, I was there. Getting a little bit of soupies, right? And <laughs> I hear two people conversing. <laughs> I will never in my life forget this. <laughs> uh, I literally was like, I cannot wait to tell Lorenice. <laughs> Here's what happened. I'm going to paint a picture for you, okay? Oh, my God. I had half a scoop of some kind of chowder, okay? <laughs> and my back was turned to the people who were talking. So I never actually saw them. 
God. But there was a man talking to a worker who was behind the counter, behind the soups. Mm-hmm. Um, and she said to him, mm-hmm. I really like your mole, by the way. <laughs> okay. So she that was the opening line. Old man and she just thought about his mole? Yeah. She said, I really like your mole, by the way. And I was like, oh, that's a weird compliment. But like, cool, <laughs> go for it. But that does not beat the response. Are you ready for the response? Yes. This man's response was, cool. Want to connect the dots? Bitch. (laughs) He's heard that before. I shit you not. I really like your mouth. He was like, I like yours too. Want to connect the dots. What did she say? I think there was just laughter. Like just that. giggling. I don't know. I would I would have laughed and been like, yes. yes. But this had to like <laughs> there is no way that romance did not come from this interaction. Yeah, yeah. Like, like they're getting ready. She's at the CVS buying some shit right now yes. for her boo. Yes. The absolutely. From Soup Plantation. <laughs> yes. When they get married, this is a story they're gonna tell. We're gonna be the officials. Absolutely. We're there. Yeah, so if y'all went to that soup plantation, which soup, soup plantation was that? City of Industry. If you <laughs> went to industry. the soup plantation, I think just industry. In the city of industry, and you have a mall. Quinta Hills. You have a mall. <laughs> you wanted to connect. And you them. flirted with the Senora de las Sopas. <laughs> you need a sponsor. And you us. told her. Because I I bore witness to your love, and I just. I, you and your chowder? <laughs> You and your fucking chowder. chowder. Oh my god. So that dream sponsor is a couple from Two Plantation. (laughs) Connect the dots, y'all. Yes. Um, (laughs) All right. So our last dream sponsor. um, Y'all know about Popi. Popi's back from Egypt. And while we were in Egypt, we made it a custom to drink this like really delicious, fresh ginger tea every morning. Mm. And it's meant to help us kind of like cut down on the the amount of coffee that we drink because we're both really big coffee drinkers. And um, although coffee's fucking delicious in Egypt, I wanted to have it all the time (laughs) and I still drink some even after drinking the ginger tea. That shit gives me so much energy. Like it's like a little, I don't know, it's like a little warm, little energy drink in the morning. Worm? Worm. Warm. (laughs) Sorry, I was like holding in a burp and then worm. That's what came out. Um, it's nice and spicy but it does i don't know if y'all know this but there's a side effect of drinking like ginger shots or like things with a lot of ginger is that you like then start overproducing saliva which is apparently good if you're like trying to beat some sort of like illness or some shit but what has happened to me is that i overproduce it in my mouth and so i'm just like just like spitting everywhere and just trying to drink water um so there's been a few times that i'm like on the like in a rush to go to work and so i just like down the ginger tea and then i'm in the car and i'm like santo padre like this i can't like it just doesn't stay it's really bad anyway the ginger tea that my mama makes is so good and if you drink ginger tea in the morning i would like for you to sponsor us too or if you own a ginger farm ginger yeah i'm not a big fan of tea but i feel like i would like that you is it's spicy because i love ginger i love ginger beer Oh, you would really like this, friend. Yeah. Do you like honey? I do like honey. Bitch, you're going to be in heaven. Yes. I'm going to make it for you one day. I want to try. It's so good. Absolutely. Cool. 
It's your turn. I talked about the break last week. Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, um, that is that for Dream Sponsors. We're going to take a little break, and we will be right back with Dimelo. You're right. It is me. <laughs> Stay tuned. Bye. So we'll jump right into Vimelo. This is where we read letters from our listeners and offer our thoughts, recommendations, good vibes, y toda la vaina. Toda la vaina. <laughs> but we cannot do this thing called Vimelo if you don't tell us the stuff. Okay? If you don't Vimelo, díselo. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's really what I was trying to say, but my brain couldn't conjugate. Mm. Maybe because there's Trulies in my house. There's and- Trulies. <laughs> And or in Truly. my body. Um, so send us your questions is the point. Yes. <laughs> um, send us your questions, y'all. Whether that be a question about your life, a question about somebody else's life, yeah. uh, a question that is very serious in nature, serious. and a question that's so about serious. like sucking dick or something. Like whatever it is yes, that you want to know, yeah. uh, we probably got answers or can find answers for you. Yeah. So let us know your questions. Where can We're they get their questions sent mm-hmm. to? So you can go ahead and get in contact us. Uh, <laughs> get in contact with us. And ask us your questions through Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at I Got You Podcast, all spelled out. I Got You Podcast. Mm-hmm. Tu sabes, spelled out. Our email is also I Got You Podcast at gmail.com. <laughs> Let's hit it with our first question, Nathan. Awesome. So our first question comes from Tengo Preguntas. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, Hello, <and> Tengo. <laughs> Hello, Tengo. Um, tengo, 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 Tengo Calderon. Tengo Calderon. <laughs> tengo writes. Um, hey, I got you. This question is for Nathan. Oh, hey. Um, I have been dating my boyfriend for a couple years now, and I'm getting to the point where marriage is on my mind. Mm-hmm. We talk about our future together all the time. We've met each other's families, and we basically live together. On paper, it seems like an engagement is the most logical next step, but I don't want to do it out of logic. The more I think about it, the more questions I have. Feel free to answer any or all of these. How did you know when it was time to get engaged? How did you know he was the one or when did he know? How long did it take you to propose? How did you do it or did he propose to you? What was your reaction? Have things changed? Are they the same? If there are fights, what are they about? How do you solve them? How long do you guys stay mad at each other? Thanks for your help. These are this is like these are my confessions. Right, <laughs> a lot of questions. This is a lot yeah. more than just proposals. Yeah, that's why I named this person. Thank you. Do you love your husband? Like... What's wrong with him? Right, the deepest darkest secret. <laughs> yes, is one toe longer than the other? Right. Um mm-hmm. and no, they're all very even toast. They really that's why I asked the question. Because I know the answer. <laughs> the answer is my husband has very even toast. 
Um, and they're very spread out. It's really funny. You shouldn't watch. <laughs> they're beautiful. They're beautiful. They're beautiful. It's like a French manicure type oh, of toes. Permanent French manicure. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> so yes, I love that you are thinking about this and and thinking about it in ways that like um, are like being cognizant of things like arguments or difference or whatever um because i think that a lot of times people do base their engagement in their marriage off of like logic like it's just the thing that comes next you know like what is the the recess like nursery rhyme phrase comes love then Then comes comes marriage marriage, then then comes comes in a baby baby. something like that um and that's all bullshit um so yeah i like how you're thinking about it i feel like the tone of your questions is basically like how do you know that it's right for you and and um when it's right for you um so (laughs) at the risk of like getting really corny i'm gonna get like real stupid corny Oh my I'm, God. I'm telling you right now, I'm going to use that soundbite yes. for any time we're corny on this show from this point on. I love that. <laughs> that is beautiful. Um, yeah, oh, so elote alert, please. Elote. Um, I've always said this, and I'll say it again. Um, I knew on our first date, um, but it is not the like love at first sight stuff that people always talk about. Um, Dorenice was one of our officiants at our wedding, and so I'm yeah. sure I've told you this yeah. <laughs> um, time and time again. But it was more like a like a he made sense right away. Um, he made sense in a way that like I could understand he um, had all the things that I had saw was lacking um, in most people or at least in like previous partners before. So it was easy to recognize that like the potential was there, right? And the potential was there like right away. Um, so it wasn't it wasn't hard for me to see a future with Rod. Um, but I honestly think and and I don't know that I've like really thought about this um, recently, but I think what was the like cement in it all, the thing that like, really solidified the idea of us having a a stable future together was our families um, interacting. And I I think that's a really key part for Mm -hmm. us, especially as like gay men, to be able to say that um, individually our families support us, right? And as as a couple, as a unit, our families um, support us. And they, like, know each other. Um, my family is obsessed with Rod. They mm-hmm. love him. Sometimes they call me and say, so, how's Rod? And I'm like, I'm fine, thanks. Like, <laughs> whatever. Um, and vice versa. Like, we, we have weekly family dinners with um, Rod's parents. And my suegros are the best. Mm-hmm. Like, they're just so Don't supportive. Don't Francisco's everything, yes. Um, and so um, I think it was really the ways that they were able to fold us in to um, their family units that really let me know, like, this is going to be something that in 10 years, 20 years, 30 years, I'm going to be able to appreciate and and people are going to, like, love me still. And I can have no doubt about that. So um, my advice, I guess, um, if you are thinking about marriage and what that can be is to really be be able to place yourself within your partner's family and see if your partner can place themselves within your family um because i think i think a thing that people often overlook is that you're not just marrying your partner like 
there's a, a, a lot of people that come with that commitment, right? Um, tío, tía, primo. Yeah, all of them. All of them. Yeah, um, the fake ones. And for me, like, I'm I'm confidently able to say, like, I love every single one of them. And, and they love me, and I can mm-hmm. feel that. Um, mm-hmm. And that is what allowed me to say, like, this is a thing that, um, that I want to do. Um, yeah, and from that point, it becomes easy. Then it's just about being, like, creative and knowing, like, what is important to your partner in terms of, like, how to plan an engagement. For me, I knew that my partner's um, people of importance included his friends, his family, and his students. And so mm-hmm. the engagement happened in front of all of them. Yeah. Um, friends, family, and students. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, yeah, so that that was how I kind of prioritized it. Um, so think about like who, where, what, how are the things that um, your partner like prioritizes um, and make those things or people or whatever um, a part of the engagement. And that's what will make it mm-hmm. uh, long lasting or rememberable. Right. Remember, memorable is the word. Memorable. Uh-huh. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's my answer for that. No, she she asked you, did he propose to you? How long? <laughs> how did you do it? How but he also said any or all of these questions I oh, can answer. Just kidding. Okay, because I'm I'm here and I'm just sitting chilling. I'm right. Like, <laughs> for sure. No, yeah. I I do think that I I could go on forever. So I'm really trying to spare y'all the elote right now. But, elote. Um, but yeah, I think those are the the major points of the answer is like understanding that this partner has long term potential. Because they make sense for you. There's compatibility that is way beyond the like butterflies in your stomach, right? right? Yeah. A. B is like our families. Our families can be a unit. Mm-hmm. Um, their family accepts me, loves me, can fold me into the things that right. they call important and vice versa. Mm-hmm. And um, C or three or whatever I was using mm-hmm. to count these things. Um mm-hmm. That I understand what is important um, to my partner so that I can mm. fold those into a, an engagement. I think those yeah. are the important parts. Yeah. <laughs> and I, that to me makes a lot of sense because both you and Rod value family. Yeah. I think depending on what you and your partner value, mm. like where the center of your value set comes from, like you'll determine that there, right? Yes. So whether it's like, I don't know, whether it's family, whether it's the way you treat other people, whether mm. it's like issues that you believe in or whatever it might be, like those are the things that you would have to make sure that are non-negotiables and sure. seem really like organic like that they just like organically fit yes yeah that makes sense cool. okay uh so our next question comes from i named this person metiche that cares <laughs> okay hi Larnice and nathan i love listening to your podcast and love hearing you all talk about your own journey with your mental health I've been in therapy for about six months now and i feel that it's really helped me grow but i know i still have a long way to go same says going or person i'm going on three years (laughs) one thing i talked about with my therapist is how going to therapy has actually made me more aware of manipulative behaviors symptoms of depression anxiety deep insecurities trauma responses and other people as well i have a really hard time with confrontation giving people feedback but to be honest sometimes i want to tell people in my life that they need to seek therapy I don't want this to sound condescending, and I honestly think a lot of it has to do with the stigma that comes along with mental health. I keep thinking, well, if someone I work with or live with was in front of me coughing all out and running a fever, I would just mind my, would I, I wouldn't just mind my own business. Mm. I'd encourage them to go to the doctor. How can I do that around suggesting therapy? Is it ever appropriate? Hmm. Good question. Yeah. Especially that comparison to the 
the doctor thing. Yeah. You should take the day off. You should go to the doctor. Right. Like yeah. That, and that's we are really quick for those suggestions, mm-hmm. too. You mm-hmm. know, I think it's easy to be like, take time for you. Yeah. But it's easy to do that in like a physical sense, like when yeah. something is physically yeah. wrong. And I don't know. I think there's something to be said about the stigma around mental health um, and like the wellness practices that surround mental health mm-hmm. um, and why our stigma prevents us from having that same ease. Right, and, right. And recommending the time for yourself. Agreed. You know? So there's there's something Agreed. there for sure. What do you think? Yeah. Um, this is, I mean, this is tough because everybody's going to react so differently. Mm-hmm. Um, I think, to be honest with you, I think my first thing is, like, mind your business. Like, if it's a person <laughs> who's not, like, affecting you directly because of the things that they're doing, mm-hmm. I would just mind my business. Like, you... You know, telling someone about um, therapy or, or even suggesting that someone goes to the doctor is actually something that comes from a place of, like, assuming they have access to that, mm, assuming that it doesn't come with a ton of fear. Like, that's also something that's become socially acceptable but could cause people a lot of stress and anxiety or could mm. make them feel belittled or whatever it might be, right? Yeah. Um, but I digress. I think, <laughs> I think that's the first thing. It's like I would... My biggest suggestion is mind your business when it's, when it's not about, like, someone of it. And we have a mind your business <gasps> Shit, I forgot about that. Yeah. <laughs> I forgot <laughs> about that shit? I forgot about it. <laughs> Download it now. Yeah, right? It should be an app. Um, if you oh, follow man. us on Instagram at I Got You Podcast, it is um, one of the safe stories. One of the what posts. Are those yeah, yeah, yeah. The highlights or whatever. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's the, the MYB, mind your business ometer. <laughs> Um, and it, it shows you when it is appropriate to mind your yeah. business and when it might be appropriate. That's to... true. That's actually a really good guide. Because I, <laughs> I, I think the next piece of feedback I was going to give you or the next piece of like suggestions I was going to give you, it's like it depends on the nearness or the effect that this person is having on you. So, for example, if this is a partner, if this is a parent, if this is, I don't know, a child or cousin or so- somebody who's in your life mm-hmm. constantly and whose reactions, beliefs, way of living or whatever directly affect your own livelihood... Um, I think you have to be gentle at sometimes, depending on how people take feedback. Um, but I think it's perfectly normal for you to be able to talk about that and talk and talk about therapy. I think um, I talk about it often. That my mom was the first one that told me that I should ask about medication, mm-hmm. um, and I felt offended as fuck, and I felt mm-hmm. all kinds of ways. And um, I think it meant something because like she knew what it was like to take medication for that too, and so. It comes from a different place when it when it comes from empathy. I think oftentimes, I think the reason why there's so much stigma is because people have used it as like, ugh, she needs to go to therapy. Mm-hmm. Because like, ugh, you know what I mean? And it's like, bruh, all of us could benefit from this shit. Like, right. it is good for us if we have the means, if we have the right person. Like, there's so many different things that go into that. And so um, I would just be careful and know a little bit more about whether or not people have had access to therapy before, what their experience has been like. I know for me, as a person who works with students, students oftentimes have a lot of access to different um, therapists, but they're not always high quality. Um, Mm -hmm. Sometimes it's like the, because it's something that's either state mandated or, um, whatever it might be like it um there are people who are in and out of their lives very quickly mm-hmm. um just like it feels very like checkboxy mm-hmm. so you have to then understand like what it means for someone to have trauma around seeking therapy mm-hmm. or um hesitations around seeking therapy so 
All that to say, I would say, like anything in life, tread lightly. Mm-hmm. Um, again, if this person is not directly affecting your life or your livelihood, I would mind your business and not suggest things like like um, like this because you don't know how it might be perceived. And you also don't need to necessarily then turn around and say, like, well, I'm in therapy too, and here's how I'm... Like, you don't also need to share that aspect of your life unless you want to. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'll say just, you know, try to see where people are coming from. Um, but again, if it's a person who's in your life, who this, like their lack of centering themselves or taking care of themselves in this way, whether it's therapy or other ways of of caring for your mental health, um, I would suggest it and say like, actually, if, if you want us to have a stronger relationship, I I actually think it's important for you to seek professional help, Mm. um, and being able to then offer the empathy of like, this is how it supported me and know that there might be backlash because of the stigma, because of the tone you use, like, it's just, it's sensitive. So you Mm -hmm. have to understand that it comes with risk. Right. Mm -hmm. For sure. Yeah, yeah I, I agree. I think, um, like, you mentioned that it is something that, like, your own experiences with therapy have made you more, like, cognizant of, like, manipulative behaviors right. or behaviors that might warrant, like, some kind of, I don't know, consultation or counseling of their right. own. Um, and so, again, if it is just something that, like, the person in the next cubicle happens to say something that you're like, mm, that probably needs therapy. That's probably not your yeah, business. Yeah, yeah. Like it probably <laughs> just isn't. Um, but if it's something where somebody came to you and were like, Hey, can I just talk to you about this thing? Agreed, yeah. If it is a friend, like, yeah, I, mm-hmm. I exactly what you said. Donnie's. Um, and in that case, like, I think it is cool to be able to say like, this is what I'm doing or this is what works mm. for me. And mm-hmm. I think there's power in that because a, it allows someone, to hear an experience like um that they maybe can relate to and b Mm -hmm. it it puts the thought of therapy in their brain without it having to be a suggestion right um because i don't think you need to suggest therapy to people for them to be able to consider it i think they just have to like like there has to be a little implant there Mm -hmm. you know what i mean and Mm -hmm. so um, but again, I think that does come with the understanding of somebody like sought you out for that. Right. Um, so if they didn't come to you, like it, it really isn't your place. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think one of the, like the unintended consequences of like seeking therapy and, and having therapy for a while is that we start to think like, oh, well my therapist told me this and I can see that in this person. And so they clearly mm, need, yeah, right. No, but, no. but the thing about therapy is that it is tailored. It mm-hmm. is, it is suited to you. And mm-hmm. so that thing that your therapist told you is supposed to be like advice for you. It's supposed to be work for you and mm-hmm. your situation and your trauma and your like behaviors yeah. and things like that. And so, um, like, they have degrees and certifications for a reason, and we do not. Yeah, <laughs> so, you yeah. know what I mean? Like, I just, yeah. I want to make sure that people understand, like, it is not our jobs to to prescribe people to, to right. therapy, but rather to make sure that they understand, A, it is an option um, to, to consider, and B, if you are considering it, like, there's a multitude of ways that mm-hmm. you might be able to, mm-hmm. to grasp it. So, yeah. That makes sense. Cool. What about our next question, Amor? Um, our next question comes from Cassandra. I just we're just giving names to people. <laughs> we're just giving people names. So hope you like them. Um, Cassandra writes, "Hey, Lorenice and Nathan, I know we're not a fan of the NFL, but I just couldn't help but watch that blessing of a halftime show. I was absolutely stunned by the entire thing. Same girl." Um, 
She said, I really felt represented and celebrated in a big way, and that made me feel good. However, I was quickly disheartened by all the negativity that the performances received online by, let's just say it, bigots. Mm. Yeah. Uh, to this day, I'm still seeing things on Twitter about how Dike inappropriate Shakira and JLo were. Not to mention all the ignorance surrounding Puerto Rico's status of a, as a commonwealth. Mm. I guess my question is, how do you handle so much negativity online? Do you <laughs> get in comment wars with people? Do you ever purge your social media altogether? Or do you just go on blocking sprees? Mm-hmm. Dime porque ya me están poniendo loca. All right. <laughs> yes, girl. What, what, are, what are your thoughts? Oh, my goodness. Um... Yeah, so I I went to like a Super Bowl party thing, mm-hmm. um, which always makes me feel good because the NFL ain't been shit for a minute, mm-hmm. um, and so I know I like I'm not spending my coin <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> on watching it, um, and that there's like several people here, so you know it's like a thing that we don't have to like feel guilty about, um, and it's really just all about that halftime show anyway for me. Um, Because, you know, I'm so athletic. (laughs) But um, this one in particular, like, yeah, I I totally agree. I was definitely looking forward to it in a way that I hadn't been in the past. And that's, like, even including Beyonce. And, like, if you know me, you know how hard I stand, Beyonce. And this still reached a level of excitement and importance um, that Mm -hmm. Beyonce's halftime shows have not. um, Mm -hmm. And, and I think it does have to do with that representation, specifically for Boricuas out there. Like, for me to see my flag on that kind of, uh, of stadium and, um, yeah, it was just, it was so cool to see. Mm-hmm. So I, I really enjoyed that. Um, the backlash was expected for me. Like, I don't know, I maybe this is a part of the answer to your mm-hmm. question is that I... I am no longer surprised mm-hmm. or like awestruck by the bigotry mm-hmm. that exists online. Um, I think people have really big like egos um, when it comes to being able to, to type words. And I do not believe that those same people mm. would say those things to my face. Um, and it's not because they don't believe them, but it's just because it's easier to say online. Um, and so I've tried to, to take those things with a grain of salt and expect them, mm-hmm. um, particularly expect them when there are big voices saying big statements, um, in big ways like this. So I, I figured that that was going to come, um, for me in particular, just in general, when it comes to like negativity online, mm-hmm. um, I took advice from, um, he is like, he's like a student affairs wizard like everyone just like looks up to this guy mm-hmm. um vj pendicore if you know him he's like really really awesome and he worked um at an institution that i used to work at um and i remember that we were we had a session um like a workshop um and i'm pretty sure that it was right after um some act of like police brutality and mm-hmm. which is sad that i can't even remember which one right. but it was one of those like healing circle type of things where all the people of color on campus just like came together to like vent and talk and support one another um and this was really like the the topic of conversation is like what about those people who are, are talking about how blue lives matter and blah 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 during oh, this time yeah, yeah. um and he told me that um in his told us all <laughs> that in his profession like he is tasked with teaching um because we are educators and so like on a day-to-day he is like 
putting himself out there and listening and trying to be empathetic so that he can meet people where they are and like hopefully Mm -hmm. get to them in some way Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um and that is not a responsibility that he takes into his social media Mm. um and and so it it was really empowering to me because he started to tell me how he has gone on those like blocking sprees or like unfriending or whatever people who um you know bring negativity and hatred and whatever into his like online presence Mm -hmm. because his online like his social media interactions are are meant to like escape and be free Mm -hmm. of that stuff Mm -hmm. and i was like wow like like i can control that Yep. I can get rid of that really yes. easily. And so um, I do not tend to get into those comment wars. Uh, you probably won't ever find me in Mm-mm. a comment section of something. No. The only time I can say that I like care enough um, to like comment on things and maybe challenge things that are said online is when it's somebody that I know. Um, and even then, it's it, it has to be somebody that I know and like care enough about to want to like engage in that kind of conversation with. Um so yeah, me and strangers are not going back and forth. No, it's just right. it's just not healthy for me. I think it can really take a, a toll on me. But I do know people who like find themselves in the comment section all the time and just like mm-hmm. want to be that warrior and whatever. So I guess if if that's like in you, then go yeah. for it. But I know for me, it it would affect me, um, and it, it would make me feel like a sense of doom. You know what I mean? I I yeah. I, I need hope. I need hope for our society mm-hmm. and just like us as as. Uh, as a people at large, and so I, mm-hmm. I, I can't be that person. So yeah, uh, I'm okay with uh, organizing my my social mm-hmm, media to be mm-hmm. people who reflect my ideals because yeah. uh, opposition is in my actual reality, mm-hmm. <laughs> and I face mm-hmm. that um, in in real time. So right, I think I think for me, there's 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 like a few things that come to mind. I think if if you wouldn't have given the example of the um, of the halftime of the Super Bowl halftime show, I feel like my response would be a little different depending on what you were facing. But I think in my life, I have folks that are looking at the halftime show in very different ways. So I have friends that loved it and that felt very represented by it. And then I have folks who are kind of, I would say like me that are kind of in the middle that are just like, what does this mean? And, and like, um, do we pimp ourselves out for like a sense of representation mm-hmm. versus what's happening to black lives overall? And um, like what's just what's being represented and thinking about how the overrepresentation of light skin and white Latinos mm-hmm. in, um, in like these particular things of like who is socially acceptable and who's being brought on. Um, and I, f- for myself, it's important for me to be in a critical space. Mm-hmm. It's important for me to constantly be like, to kind of be in a space where, I'm living within a contradiction and saying like, do I, I, do I love their music? Do I love being able to see this? Do I love, do I feel warm and fuzzy when I see um, my own flag represented in, in other spaces? Of course. And so being able to live in that space where like it's uncomfortable and I'm learning and it's important for me to have people across the spectrum on this to be able to think of that. But, um, that's honestly as far as my spectrum goes, like, and so I will be honest with you that like, to me, that's actually a pretty broad spectrum and I love it because I'm able to engage with, um, things that I would consider diverse thought and being able to say like, well, how do other people feel about this? And, you know, what makes sense to them while at the same time being able to respect their opinion and know that it's not based in hate towards someone else, Mm -hmm. you know, like the critique of the halftime show to me is not. Um, inherently viewed as hate unless it's something that's about their bodies about their rhythms about the you about their culture like that's fucked up you Mm -hmm. know what i mean i'm thinking about the critique that i feel like i've engaged with which is around um 
what like when we're actually gonna you know like what representation really means what representation politics are what um like anti-blackness looks like in our community like all those different things mm-hmm. um but they they're not like it doesn't mean that I then shun other people who who think that this was good and this was positive. Um, it really just it just kind of puts me in a place where I'm just like, yeah, that's interesting. Mm-hmm. I wonder how other folks feel. I think on the other end, I am very quick to block, to delete, <laughs> to not allow other people back in. Like I see something, I don't engage. I don't engage engage in comment wars. I think honestly because it causes me harm. Mm-hmm. Um, me too. And uh, I know other folks that don't feel like it causes them harm, where they they feel like they engage in healthy discussions with folks or even like playfully like Mm -hmm. shaming discussions (laughs) and other things. I accept it all. And honestly, I get a good chuckle when I see, let's just be real, when I see Rod engage in this, he's pretty much the only person I know who does this. (laughs) Um, So I see the things he says and I'm like, yes, comment on that Mm -hmm. very public Me Too, like article (laughs) or whatever. You know what I mean? but yeah, on the other end, I'm very quick to do some to do some of these things. Most yeah. of the people that I went to church with, I'm I don't have as friends anymore. Um, and it doesn't mean that I like if I see them in the street, I won't say hi to them. I just don't want to engage with that type of energy when I'm online. Right. Yeah, my online presence is a very curated space. Mm-hmm. So so much so that I did not see a single bad thing about yeah. like. Like or, or like something that was I would say bigoted right. about this. That's yeah. how fucking curated it is. Mm-hmm. It is. I would Same. see comments about like I'm seeing all these things and I'm like I'm not seeing I'm shit. Not. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah, and I know that that's because I've curated it, mm-hmm. into, and I think mm-hmm. that's why. I mean, we always joke about like how we don't know Twitter, yeah, <laughs> or whatever. But I honestly feel like that's part of the reason why yeah. I haven't interacted with Twitter in a way that like I'm familiar with it because I know that so much of the like hate speech that exists online comes from Twitter, mm. you know, and that's not to say that there aren't positive and like really supportive, whatever um, words on, on Twitter. But I don't know. I just, I, I have grown used to saving myself when it comes yeah. to like being online and, and not wanting to, to cause harm to that. Cause it, it does, it sticks with me. It really does. You know, um, I, there've been plenty of times when I've just started crying because of like, like, I don't know, hate speech and just like an amalgamation of like feeling hatred in the world. Mm-hmm, and, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? And um, I, I need to know that we're in a good place or at least a better place than we used to be. And so the way that I've like, like you said, curated mm-hmm. things online um, give me that and I'm, I'm fine with it. Yeah, me <laughs> so, too. I don't know. Me too. Especially considering the fucking work we do. Mm-hmm. I'm like, nah, man. I'm yeah. educating from... Sun up to sundown. Right. <laughs> I, I do not want to come home and teach you. Yeah. You absolutely. Know, whatever. Yeah. So if I you don't. got the time and energy, go for go it, for Mama. It. Go for it. I do not. <laughs> I clocked out. Right. Yeah. <laughs> What's our All next question? right. So our last question comes from I named this person the Toxic T. <laughs> uh, and they say there's a lot of talk, and by talk I mean I IG, so Instagram posts about toxic relationships, toxic friendships, toxic parents, etc. Whenever I read that stuff, I think about how many relationships I have or have had in the past that are borderline toxic or straight up toxic. Then I think, well, damn, I must be inviting this shit into my life. What do y'all think? Do you think people attract toxicity and constant drama? Also, how can I catch these red flags sooner rather than later? I'm trying to avoid heartbreaks and headaches as much as I can. Same scene. I got that. Yeah, go for it. Um, 
I think we're, we all have toxic <laughs> tendencies. And that doesn't mean that we then excuse them and like, yeah, everybody's toxic. <laughs> um, we have to be able to do an analysis of, of the harm that we're experiencing. Um, I want to, there's one question that I feel like I want to answer pretty point blank where, um, it says, do you think people attract toxicity and constant drama? I think in some ways we can attract more than we would want, attract more than than we need um, because of our own behaviors. But I actually think it's really dangerous for us to say that we attract what... Um, that like all the things that we that the, all the things that come to us are things that we attracted because of our own behaviors, because mm-hmm. then that would mean that so many people who have been abused or have experienced significant abuse or gaslighting or different things of the sort, like if they called for it, you know, or like they called for that harm to be in their lives, and I just don't believe that. I, I disagree. Right. Um, do I think that we fall into particular patterns? Most definitely, and that's why I think it's important to have people in our lives that are honest and upfront about what they see and be able to, to, and people who are able to offer that information to, to us and be able to say like, Hey, I actually noticed that like, this is a pattern in your life. I wonder what you think about that. Do you feel like it's a pattern as well? So instead of just saying, I noticed that this is a pattern and this is how you can get out of it. Mm-hmm. Being able to say, do you notice that as well? Mm-hmm. Just to leave a nugget for you to think yeah. about. Um, and so I think that, I also think that our society as a whole, thinking about all the shit that we take in, um, I think the root of so much so much stuff that has to do with toxicity comes from capitalism. I think mm. it comes from different like gender dynamics, the way we view and um, assess and prioritize or deprioritize people's bodies um, has a lot to do with how we feed into these things. I also think that once we start learning and understanding more about toxicity, we become hyper aware of where it is present and that is i would say your body and your mind if like finding a defense mechanism to something that they have previously viewed as acceptable mm-hmm. or have understood are just the way of you know things being so for example for me um I feel like I always just assumed that I was going to have a tough and difficult relationship with my father until I realized that I could opt out. Mm. Um, and again, that opting out comes with a lot of privilege. I don't financially depend on my dad. Um, and so I think when I when I process that, I'm able to see like, like, yeah, these things that I experienced as a kid or even as an adult were examples of gaslighting or were examples of, um, you know, as, as fucked up as this, as, as this might seem to people, like, like portions of narcissistic behavior. Mm. And then also saying, like, how the fuck does that show up in the way that I engage in other people's relationships? Because being raised with this type of thing or this constant, um, like, criticism has then led me to be a bitch sometimes with folks mm. and to say things that I shouldn't say and... Like it, it, it breeds in and of itself. And so to sum up, what I want to say with this is toxicity is difficult and it's hard for us to avoid it because of the world that we live in, Mm -hmm. because so many things would have us rather think that how many times have you noticed that folks, the way that folks describe love or commitment is actually, um, problematic, um, like hyper codependence, um, or like unhealthy forms of codependence, um, like, yeah, those are yeah, those are just some things I have to say of like I would say tread lightly on this. Um I also think we focus a lot on red flags and not enough on green flags. Hmm. I've been reading a lot about that and and thinking about like, yeah, I feel like I can pinpoint I actually think that's why it's hard for me to date right now, that I feel like I'm so aware of the red flags mm-hmm. that I haven't necessarily even given myself the time to think of 
what is a green flag in a relationship? Mm. What does it mean to feel like I have healthy communication? Um, what are some things that I engage in that might be harmful to other people or harmful mm. to a potential partner? Yeah. Um, yeah. Just I love me. that. I love the idea of green flags. I've never heard yeah. of a green flag before. Yeah. That's cool. Um, yeah, I, I too was really like, I don't know, um, magnetized to the words um, people attract toxicity. Right. And I think the reason that it, like that's sticking out in, in my brain is because I don't want that to be confused with like people deserve toxicity. Yeah, no. Um, and so like regardless of like what your choices have been or what cycles you're living through, like no one deserves that. Right. Um, and I don't want us to get into this idea that if you are a person who quote unquote attracts toxicity, like you brought it on yourself, um, because that's really dangerous and victim blaming. Mm-hmm. And it, it, I think it can lead into a lot of, um, really problematic things. And so, mm-hmm. um, I guess my short answer is no, I don't, don't a- agree that, um, people like somehow innately attract their, their own toxicity, um, I think it is important, and I've probably said this before, but I, I think it is important to understand um, your non-negotiables when it mm-hmm. comes to relationships with people. Um, and I think that maybe this is the the difference between considering red flags and green flags is that you don't have to necessarily say or or come from the mindset of, I will not stand for this. I will not stand for this. Mm-hmm. I will not stand for this. Like mm-hmm. I, That's not necessarily what I mean when I say non-negotiables. Mm-hmm. What, I, what that can sound like is the inverse, right? Mm-hmm. The, the more green flags is what I'm looking for is, right? Um, and so it, it can be a recognition of the things that that bring you joy, the things that make you feel supported, the things that like help you thrive in your happiness and your well-being and in, in your growth overall. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, it doesn't have to necessarily be about like um, the the red flags and the, the negativity that somebody might bring on to you. Um, however, like I, I do think that it's important to recognize those things also. And the only reason that I'm saying that is because uh, I, I feel like ever since i got married i've been really like hyper aware of the the saying that like relationships comes with up and ups and downs mm-hmm. because i don't think that anybody actually knows what that means right but when yeah. they say it they use it as an excuse to accept toxicity like the mm. downs are my excuse like abuse. oh well everybody okay. exactly yeah. and it's like exactly nah. like we should not be standing no. for abuse we should not <laughs> be standing for district like that is not a down right. in your relationship right. that right. is a red flag mm-hmm. and that is something to like be for sure cognizant of so like mm-hmm. while i want you to be able to recognize like the good in people at the same time like know when you are being dehumanized know when it mm-hmm. is when it is taking you past the point of recognition of yourself because at that point yes. like it is it's not okay right. you know so right. yeah relationships like do have hard times or yeah. more difficult whatever but they should come with an understanding of mm-hmm. of care like mm-hmm. i'm seeking to understand right in this uh, this moment of difficulty and like we're going to strategize together to get through that and so right. if you can't feel those things then that's maybe something to recognize mm-hmm. as toxicity yeah yeah and i think i think it goes beyond thinking about like romantic or, or partnership relationships because mm-hmm. i i think that oftentimes people think that 
you can only call those things out or name those things uh, um, when you're in like a committed romantic relationship. Yeah. And it's like, nah, our friendships need to be healthy. Right. Uh, like our relationships with our parents, with our siblings, um, with our family needs to be healthy and deserves to be healthy. Um, and if it's not, there needs to be like an understanding of, of what distance might look like or space or um, boundaries or whatever that might be. So, um, yeah, those are my dads. For sure. Cool. All right, we are done with Demelo. Look at us. <laughs> We're going to go ahead and take a break and we will come right back with our final nuggets. Yes, final chicken nuggets for yes. that ass. Chicken nuggets for that ass. <laughs> Stay tuned. She said, Babe, are you busy? Do you mind coming over to visit? I mean, like, could you be here in a minute? I'm missing you more than I usually do I said on me, I'll be right there, probably right around three Where you trying to go, tell me what you want to see Hope we can lay up, girl, you know I'm in the league And when I'm with you, I don't ever want to leave And this ain't the last time I'm back at your door Alright, we are back And as a reminder, if the giving spirit is within you and you'd like to donate to our little podcast, you can always, como se dice corazón, venme a mi mami, (laughs) at I Got You Podcast. Also, for our international listeners, because you know we're all over the chat goes around the world, (laughs) or anyone who prefers Google things, you can find us on Google Pay at I Got You Podcast as well. Yes. Come on. That might be the first time that we didn't say Google Play, by the way. We say it every I time. Re- I, yo, I'm focused. I'm, I'm reading so this proud. correctly. I yes. saw it and I was like, it says Google Pay. It does. Don't say Google Play. Google Plendeja. Yes. It is time for those final nuggets. Zorinese, hit him with your nugget. No, you go first. Okay, I'll hit him with my nugget. Cool. Um, so, as we all know, Mm-hmm. Um, Kobe Bryant has passed away. Mm-hmm. Um, Bryant. yes, RIP Kobe and Gigi and the other victims of this, um, helicopter crash. It's so tragic and it, it's, it's still nuts to think about. Mm-hmm. Um, and we would be like just remiss to, to not mention that. Mm-hmm. Um, but also to not mention that his death comes with so many like layers and just mm-hmm. a lot of context and it, it's complicated. Yeah. Um, and so I just wanted us to keep that in mind. Um, some mm-hmm. of the complex or like, yeah, some of the complex layers that have been present for me, um, were a, that I live in LA, but I'm not from here. Mm-hmm. And so when I first found out about Kobe's death, um obviously like i was like wow like that's a big deal for like mm-hmm. basketball fans like mm-hmm. that was my first thought um right and it's you know I people might not like hearing that but that mm-hmm. i mean it's just it's hard to understand the gravity until you see it um mm-hmm. with people who are from la and who've understood this man as their hero um mm-hmm. and i didn't i didn't get that um until um, I was scrolling through the many, many posts about him on Instagram. Um, and one of them was um, actually Rod's godson, mm-hmm. um, who was a lovely little boy who has recently um, gotten really into basketball. 
Um, and the video that his mom put up was of him opening his Christmas present and finding mm. his Kobe jersey mm. this Christmas, this past Christmas. Yeah. Um, and it was him just screaming, thank you. Thank you. I've always wanted one. Crazy. And yeah, like even as I'm talking about it, I'm like tearing up because like it was in that moment that I realized like kids lost their hero, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. um, and I felt for him and. I felt for yeah. our kids in that moment, and I was like, damn, this is so much bigger yeah. than, like, somebody's basketball player. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, and so, like, it took a, a little bit for me to understand, like, the gravity and, and what it could mean. Um, but also, within, um, you know, people discussing um, Kobe's death, there have been other things about Kobe's life mm-hmm. that has um, mm-hmm. come to light. Um, and... It's really interesting to just like seeing the discourse online um, because I think the expectation when somebody dies is that we only talk about the good. Right. Um, and I think that is a fair expectation when we are at that person's funeral, when mm-hmm. we are giving that person's eulogy. Right. Right. Um, because it is the time where we talk about the good and celebrate that person's life. Mm-hmm. Um, however, our society is not not Kobe's funeral. Yeah. Um, and so in remembering his life, we also remember the things that were not good. Mm-hmm. Right? Um, yeah. And so um, I just, I, I wanted to say that as a final nugget because I think there's a lot of backlash coming to people who mention anything about, um, you know, Kobe's history or allegations of things of like, um, rape and sexual misconduct and things like that. And it's like, well, if we're talking about his life, we're talking about his life. Yeah. And, and he had a whole ass life. And mm-hmm. that is not mm-hmm. a legacy that like we're tarnishing right. or anything. It is like literally things that mm-hmm. he lived out um, and that people are um, Im- impacted by. Mm-hmm. And and to be honest, like the, the death of someone um, brings up things. And if that person you know did do like acts of sexual misconduct harassment rape what have you that is going to come up for people who are victims of things like sexual misconduct rape and what have you and so um i just think that it it is fair for that to come up in this moment as well for those people Mm -hmm. um Mm -hmm. at the same time the flip side of the coin tact Mm-hmm. like tact people <laughs> um so when we are talking about him things like mm-hmm. timing things like phrasing and tone um and just like our words overall they really do matter um mm. and so you know it is again um not innately inappropriate to bring up these things right now right. because people are feeling them and feeling them hardcore um mm-hmm. however there are ways to do it Right. Um, and I want us to keep those ways in mind. So those yeah. are just things that have been in my mind. Yeah. Yeah. I'm glad you shared that because I think, um, I think, yeah, I've been able to see folks be able to, to say, like, I'm mourning this because I know what this loss means for my city, for my people, for me as mm-hmm. as a person who, you know, grew up in, you know, whatever it might be. I, I didn't grow up, like, watching basketball or, or but i but i'm an angelino so mm-hmm. kobe is a part of of our lives in so many yeah. ways but um i think ultimately the biggest things that I, I have coming to mind is like how many folks who have um who are survivors of sexual assault and rape 
um, how many of them are, are mourning in silence or feeling some kind of way um, or feeling complicated things, whether it's they're feeling um, silence because of what this means and, and whether or not the abuse mm. and like those things then get diminished because this person was a hero and, mm. and died at, uh, in, in a tragic way. And mm-hmm. so ultimately like our humanity is super fucking complicated. But when I think about this, I, I'm looking at it and I'm like, I stand with survivors. I stand with people who... Um, have lived with this and and um, make space for 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 their experiences um, over anything mm-hmm. um, and so I think that's one of the things that for me comes to mind when I think about this and honestly I've just been in the place where like I don't have anything really to say other than try to hold space I think right. as an educator in LA this was something that was a big deal for my kids and Absolutely. for my colleagues and so yeah. what it meant like to hold space for them and make sense of that without taking up space myself without saying like well you know what i mean right. like i don't have any experience like this is not there's not someone i knew but it is someone that um whose death shocked me and for me i think the the biggest thing is thinking about thinking about Gigi, um mm-hmm. thinking about her siblings thinking about her mom thinking about vanessa right now so hard um yeah there's there's a lot there so mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's complicated. It is. It's the it ultimate is. thing. For sure. For sure. Um, cool. So my final nugget is um, I'm going through some, like, I would say exciting transitions in life. Things that are um, a little unheard of for me to do, like decisions that are, that are tough. But I think one of the biggest things that I'm coming to terms with is um, as I'm in like thinking about these transitions or things think, thinking about what's next for me, whether it's like um, in work or creative projects or whatever it might be, um, is I'm engaging with some of my friends who are no longer subscribing to the shit where you got to be humble in order for you to be successful or you got to be humble mm. in order for you to be relevant. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, I think humility is necessary, but not to the to the point of like not not um, respecting yourself or understanding that you have so much fucking value. Mm-hmm. And so my final nugget is stop diminishing your shine, mm-hmm. like, um, and stop diminishing your shit, like the stuff that you do, the work that you do. Um, before we started recording, you showed me something that you created, and I just kind of sat there in awe, looking at that mm-hmm. and saying, like, my friend is a fucking badass <laughs> and knows how to do this so well. Um, and I'm sure that. Like I and I was so happy that you felt like, hey, look at this thing, and I'm like, fuck yeah, that's what you need to be doing. Like showing your friends, fuck yeah, look at what I'm doing, um, and whether that look at what you're, what looking what I'm doing is, look at I'm I'm being consistent with. Um, waking up and going to therapy on Saturdays mm-hmm. or, um, you know, making my bed because, you know, depression is taking the best of me. Like, e- even in the small things, stop right. diminishing your shit. Yeah. Um, also, stop diminishing your story, your experiences. Um, just because someone else in front of you has maybe had it harder doesn't mean that you have not gone through that. And we don't have to necessarily compete in order for us to be able to empathize um, and be able to hold space. And so my last thing is being able to affirm that you are not being dramatic by centering your mm-hmm. wholeness and your badassery mm-hmm. and all of the different things that make you you. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're a fucking powerhouse human being that deserves to be heard and celebrate, celebrated. So go you. I love that. Yes. And yeah. Yes. If you're not able to like stop this cycle of like diminishing your shit. Your shine, yeah find you a friend that helps you do that because I don't know that I've shown many people this thing that Mm -hmm. I created but like Mm -hmm. I know that Dorenice was Mm -hmm. going to react in a way that like was celebratory and like allowed me to like like just be in this moment of like 
I don't know, like celebrating yeah. what, the thing that I did, you mm-hmm. know? Um, yeah. And so sometimes it can't come from you because you're not used to it yet or because right. society tells you it's, it's not supposed to. Right. Yeah. It's a process. Um, but in that process, there's somebody who's ready. Uh, so thank you mm-hmm. for being that person. Of course. You. you definitely have taught me that over time. For sure. So, so. Um, so that ra- about wraps up our episode. We're so glad to be back with y'all. Yes. And so hopefully, you know, shit continues to go well for us and <laughs> for we sure. can continue to come back. Um, so that about wraps up this episode of I Got You. We just want to go ahead and give you a reminder that we are both speakers and we serve as consultants, mm-hmm. keynotes, creative consultants, panelists, MCs, facilitators. So hit us up for all of your speaking and work and consultant needs. All we are of here. the needs. Yes. Yeah. Um, and also, please don't forget to rate us, subscribe comment send your questions yes. um, and tell a friend about this weird little podcast that we love we can't do it without you and mm-hmm. really appreciate your support over this time right. um, as always I got you and I got you sometimes <laughs> bye y'all bye